Pharmacy Podcast Nation, Jeremy Sasser here, host of the OnScript Podcast, and I'm super excited to announce that the National Health Career Association, along with other leading pharmacy industry organizations, have formed the Coalition for the Advancement of Pharmacy Technician Practice. With the help and support of our industry partners, the Coalition's singular mission is to advocate for the expansion of technician scope of practice through working with state boards of pharmacy to adopt rules that allow for this expansion. The Coalition's most immediate efforts focus on increasing states' authorization to permit appropriately trained pharmacy technicians to administer immunizations. The Coalition continues to add supporters and encourages pharmacy stakeholders to consider becoming a partner of this meaningful initiative. For more information about the Coalition or how to become a sponsor of its efforts, please visit www.nhanow.com and click on the banner at the top of the page or view the show notes in episode 12 for a direct link. Thank you. And now, we hope you enjoy this episode of On Script, powered by NHA. Listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Since 2009, the Pharmacy Podcast Network has led the podcasting space for the pharmacy industry. This network of pharmacists and pharmacy technicians leads the podcasting charts with more than 2 million downloads, 40 different stations, and new episodes every week. The Pharmacy Podcast Network is the number one podcast for the pharmacy professional. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and all your favorite podcast players. Join the Pharmacy Podcast Nation today. This is On Script, hosted by Jeremy Sasser, a podcast publication partnership between the Pharmacy Podcast Network and National Health Career Association. Our podcast is dedicated to providing the pharmacy technician workforce with news, real-life stories, and discussions that can impact personal and professional growth. Here's certified pharmacy technician and National Health Career Association content strategist, your host, Jeremy Sasser. Let's get On Script with NHA. Pharmacy Podcast Nation, it's Jeremy Sasser coming at you with the On Script Podcast, the only podcast on the Pharmacy Podcast Network dedicated to the pharmacy technician workforce. Joined today by the gracious, knowledgeable, intelligent, awesome Jessica Langley. In case you didn't know, on our last podcast, he said he was going to have to come up with a few more adjectives to describe me, so I challenged him. He, uh, I need he likes to, do to get all the compliments, and I, need I will, to do uh, I'll gladly take them. So thank you, Jeremy, and I'm happy to be here today for a really great topic. I'm super excited. Indeed, indeed. So part of what we're trying to do here with the podcast is provide as many different pers- um, perspectives on pharmacy practice, particularly uh, as it pertains to pharmacy technicians, multiple settings, multiple geographical locations. So we're really excited today that our guests are practicing pharmacy in Canada. So we're going to talk to them a little bit about uh, the differences in practicing in the U.S. and in Canada. Uh, so joining us today is Alam Halan. 
uh, PharmD. He's director of pharmacy for Guelph General Hospital in Guelph, Ontario. And also joining us is Lori Hayden, who is the lead technician at Guelph General Hospital in Guelph, Ontario. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Our pleasure. Thanks for having us, Jeremy. So can you maybe start off by talking a little bit about um, pharmacy practice in Ontario? You know, how is patient, direct patient care services viewed um, when offered by pharmacists? Um, and then, you know, as far as pharmacy technician practice goes, just kind of paint us the general landscape. So Jeremy, in Ontario, as with other provinces across Canada and states across uh, USA, there's, there's a lot of push for pharmacists to take on more and more clinical role. Uh, as part of this role, pharmacists in Alberta have been doing a lot more extensive prescribing, uh, but the pharmacists in Ontario also got some exposure to that, uh, like things like smoking cessation prescribing, ability to adapt prescription, do some emergency refills, uh, administer vaccinations, including flu vaccines for, for five years or older uh, individuals. So a lot has been happening on that end. Uh, there's, there's a lot of focus on the pharmacist taking on more of the medication management role, the clinical aspects of it. And further pushing on that role, there's new regulations that are being proposed this year which will further expand the role of the pharmacist to give more vaccinations uh, to individuals who are two years, as young as two years. Uh, there's also an expansion on the renewing of prescriptions for when, when patients are running out of refills uh, up to a year. So they're expanding on that as well. The, the other expansion that we're seeing in the pharmacist role is the increase in the ability to give substances, inject or inhalation. Before it was only to demonstrate to the patient or for patient education, but that's being expanded as well. The final two changes, which are the big change, changes that are happening this year, one is the performing of point of care test for chronic conditions. That is with the Ministry of Health as it requires some changes to the uh, specific collection center licensing act, which is the act that regulates the labs. So that's one big change that's happening. The other one is prescribing of drugs for certain minor ailments. So in contrast to Alberta that has opened it up broadly to basically all schedule one medications, in Ontario, we are going to start off with certain minor ailments. There's a list of 19 conditions that are being proposed at a starting point. So all of this great, thing is hap great, great things are happening in the, in the world of pharmacy. Uh, with a focus on the pharmacist taking on more and more patient care. And we know the benefits are there when we have more pharmacists engage with the patients, spend more time with them, focus more on the clinical issues. We know we make a huge difference to the outcome. But the, the, the key thing that I want to focus on is with this transition of role, none of this can happen if we don't have an expansion on the technician scope as well. So pharmacist expansion of a role can only happen when there's an there's a equivalent expansion of the technician role that can take on more and more of these technical side of responsibilities in the pharmacy to free up the pharmacist to spend more time with the patients. 
Yeah, of course. And, and just for clarification, you had mentioned Schedule One drugs. I assume that refers to medications that require a prescription? That's correct. Just wanted to clarify that because uh, in the U.S., Schedule One drugs are basically illegal drugs, um, you know, and Schedule One was set by our DEA. So it, for anybody yeah, listening, so I just wanted not to be referring to those drugs, Jeremy. clear about that, yeah. Um, the good ones. You guys are referring to the good ones. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so how is pharmacy technician practice, though, regulated? I mean, is it as, as general as just under the delegatory control of the pharmacist in charge? Or are there specific statutes that say this is what technicians can't do or can do? So from a technician point of view, um, I can kind of tell you how I landed where I am with uh, accredited education program being a requirement, the practical evaluation program, the Pharmacy Examining Board of Canada for the PEBC's PEBC exam, and the Ontario College of Pharmacists jurisprudence exam are all requirements that then designate you as a regulated pharmacy technician. Awesome. So it is a little bit different than um, what we have seen here in the U.S., which I know I've been in on multiple sessions when the debate is still happening here in the United States around some sort of standardized education training and certification or assessment requirement. And we oftentimes look to you all in Canada and what you guys have set in place um, because you have done that in a sense by mandating that the accreditation, um, the accreditation come with the with the education that you actually have a practical component that must be completed along with that kind of national um, exam. Lori, tell me a little bit. I know um, Dr. Halem talked about all of this role expansion with the pharmacist. How is that changing your particular role? Um, he, he mentioned, we know, and we're, we're fighting for the same thing here that, you know, if we want pharmacists to have provider status and be able to provide more patient care services, the technician's scope or role has to be elevated as well. How are you all achieving that in Canada right now? Well, to paint the picture of our current regulated pharmacy technician working in hospital in Ontario, specifically at Guelph General, we have technicians doing uh, everything from uh, inventory management to uh, purchasing and omnicell administration. So really um, detecting kind of those, uh, those transactions that need follow-up on the nursing end. We have everyone uh, that's certified for best possible medication history, uh, technicians going up and uh, interviewing patients that have come in uh, for hospital admission uh, to review the meds that they are on at home. So we really, I've really seen over the last 15 years uh, a true uh, elevation in the pharmacy technician role um, with uh, folks really just getting excited about what is to come. That's excellent. And I, and I have to imagine probably one of the biggest or at least one of the most visible differences between healthcare in the U.S. versus Canada is the insurance companies and the pharmacy benefit managers that are so prevalent here in the U.S. So not only 
are pharmacists pushing for provider status just in terms of being able to provide services? But a big component of that is to be able to provide services and get reimbursed for those services. So even if a state here gives provider status to a pharmacist, it's still up to that uh, entity to be able to contract with a payer that will reimburse the pharmacist for those services. And until it happens on a national level here, there won't be any federal um, reimbursement from Medicare, Medicaid, TRICARE, et cetera. Um, that is obvious. That's not a hurdle you guys have to deal with, right? Well, we, we, we do have that hurdle, but at the same time, there is a silver lining as well. Uh, in 2008, around that time when the MedCheck program was introduced, the government pays for, for medication consultations with patients who have uh, who are on three or more chronic medications. The program has since been, uh, they're trying to, to pull back on the program, but at the same time, it's, it's there. The, the government does pay for some of, these, uh, some, of, some of these increased scope of practice. The pharmacists get compensated for giving flu shots. The pharmacists do get compensated for finding out uh, uh, pharmaceutical problems when they're dispensing medication. There's billing codes associated with that. And on the private side, there, there's some innovative drug plans uh, that are actually recognizing this as well and have started to, to do two things. They've started to compensate for some of these pharmacy services. On the other side, what we, they, they're, they're doing is they're rating pharmacies uh, as per some standards, you know, looking at the compliance rate for the patients of a particular pharmacy and some other variables. And basing on that, they're giving them a star rating which impacts how much dispensing fee the pharmacies get paid. So that's still in the infancy, but it, these things have started to set in motion. Uh, so so there, there are some places that we're winning, uh, but of course we're still fighting for, for a proper compensation to further enhance the scope. But yes, we, we, we are heading in the right direction in Ontario. Well, and I imagine that the reimbursement based on star rating, the dispense fee is determined up front as opposed to retroactively, correct? Well, what the place, yeah, so the plan sets what they pay, and the pharmacy set their own dispensing fee, but what they get reimbursed, as you know, and there's always mm -hmm. a difference. Yep. So yes, that's absolutely right. So, you know, because another big issue here, I'm sure you've, you've heard is uh, direct and indirect remuneration, um, you know, which is essentially a clawback of funds much later, um, sometimes up to a couple couple of quarters later, um, when they review the data, so it, it becomes something that uh, you know is hard to predict, and also, you know, can quite can be quite devastating to uh, to a pharmacy's revenue. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's interesting. So. Uh, Lori, let me ask you, uh, what, what is the appeal? What was the appeal for you to get into pharmacy? How did you get into it? How is, uh, how is the pharmacy technician um, profession viewed in Canada? So the pharmacy technician profession is viewed, um, I think, from the perspective of the possibility of participating in such a broad scope of practice and the variety of responsibilities that a regulated pharmacy technician uh, can uh, participate in. 
So, um, like I was mentioning before, uh, we do have um, the role of an Omnicell system administrator. So, they're doing everything from uh, nursing orientation to uh, midwife orientation, and these, this is getting uh, the frontline users ready to uh, work with those automated dispensing cabinets. Um, so, we have those uh, folks that are going up and interviewing the patient uh, for that best possible medication history. And that's where we're really seeing the, the interest is when we're able to, um, so for me, I come from retail and uh, really getting a chance to interact with the patient once again and, and really get uh, to the heart of what matters in pharmacy is getting back to the patient. That's, that's great. Um, and I have to imagine um, that is a program that you are rolling out to multiple areas, multiple care areas of the hospital. I don't know That's if you right. guys have different floors or what. So we try to focus our best possible medication history to uh, folks, uh, patients coming through and emerge. So in the ER department, that's really our, our first line of defense. So if we can get to the patient uh, early on, then that is ideal. Uh, but also on units such as medicine and surgery, uh, these are the areas where we try to focus. I see. And correct me if I'm wrong, you are also responsible for kind of implementing lean practices into um, the pharmacy operations? That's right. So I do have my yellow belt and I'm currently going through for my green lean belt. Um, so really working on those internal processes uh, to do with narcotic management. Uh, with the uh, opioid crisis that we're currently living in, um, this is the time and the time is now. So we're really working to, um, to nail down those processes internally and then um, incorporate our internal narcotic working group. And once we kind of have a good handle on things, we're going to be bringing that out to a, a more broad view uh, to more of a hospital-wide interdisciplinary team, including HR, uh, human resources, and employee, um, employee services. So really just bringing everybody to the table that uh, we can all try to make a difference. That sounds awesome. I, I love to hear about the expansion that you're experiencing in even non-traditional ways. And I say non-traditional because the role of technicians really hasn't gone that way. We do see some in independent, you know, pharmacies to where a pharmacy technician will work them way up, work their way up to be a manager or sometimes even an owner, you know, and those are, those are really great stories, but we want, we want more of that. Can you, Tell me a little bit just about your journey on um, kind of how you recognized when opportunities were there for you in terms of, you know, taking that next step into a different role and elevating your career for yourself and how, you know, technicians can, you know, who are wanting to expand, right, and who wanting to do more in the industry, what they can do, what they should be looking for to be successful at that. Sure. So, I, like I said, I started off in retail, uh, and that was kind of always in the background for me during high school, um, so more of a part-time basis, and um, then went to college, um, specializing in rec and leisure and gerontology. So I kind of took a bit of a vacation from pharmacy, but it was always still in the background for me. 
Um, so I did work with um, the seniors uh, for about two years and after that deciding that um, pharmacy was still kind of sticking around there and want, really wanting to go back and, and give myself that challenge uh, that pharmacy provided. So recognizing the opportunity to, um, at that point in time, Ontario had a certification process for pharmacy technicians and I went through the certification process successfully. Um, and after that, uh, continued on with retail and really getting a, a chance to say, you know, um, challenging yourself to do more. And at that point, I decided to apply at the local hospital of Guelph General and uh, was successful and really got, uh, it, it's really like night and day uh, with retail compared to hospital. So really taking on all of those new responsibilities and it really is a whole new world. So uh, was quite eager to take on that uh, new challenge, and then of course, as Alan was mentioning, the regulation came in place, uh, came into place, and we uh, in Ontario started regulating. Uh, the Ontario College of Pharmacists started regulating in 2010, and there's approximately 3,000 regulated technicians in Ontario currently. Awesome. So I'd like to ask, as we kind of start to wrap this up a little bit here, is, is knowing that, you know, Canada or specifically some of the specific states within Canada, like Alberta and Ontario. Provinces. Provinces, excuse me. Jeremy. Sorry, I had to get my wordsmith <laughs> opportunity in for the day because I failed on the adjectives. Uh, um, knowing that you all are a couple of steps ahead in terms of the regulatory and the advancement of kind of scope of practice, what little piece of advice for, for those of us who are here in the United States that are advocating for this to happen um, across our borders and looking to um, support the advancement of technicians, what are some recommendations or things that you might, you know, tell us to help us be more successful here or continue our, our march forward? Um, so Jessica, just to add my two cents, I'm going to reflect back on the time that I went to a hospital in Philadelphia. So I walked into the pharmacy, so they were using like top-notch equipment. We were there to look at equipment for our facility. I was at Brantford General Hospital at that time, which is again a small community hospital. Lack of funds, we're trying to get this fancy equipment from, from I believe it was Swiss Log. So we walked into this facility, they had the top-of-the-line equipment, and they they, they were pushing, uh, they were sending medications from the pharmacy to the floors. So the mm -hmm. machines were spitting out these medications and I saw this pharmacist sitting with a whole bunch of medications next to him and he's going through each one of them. So, and I was trying to, I was a fairly new grad at that time, I think it was two years in my practice, and I was really shocked to see that the pharmacist was going through each medication spending time to make sure that the right medication is in the right uh, pouch. And there's, there's tons of technicians around. And as I was trying to understand the philosophy of what's happening, I asked him, I said, why are you doing that? You have technicians over here. And he said, listen, this is my license, and this is how I'm going to make sure that no one is able to raise a finger at my license that I made this mistake. That, that moment stayed with me. So, so what I would say in, 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 for, for that is for the pharmacist to move forward, it's kind of a give and take relationship, right? It's a teamwork environment that we're working in. 
So we each have our role, we each have our responsibility, and we all have our role to play to ensure patient safety. So in order for us to do that, we need to, to look at it as a team-based environment, pharmacy technicians and pharmacists working together to accomplish the end goal. Because what that, that gentleman, that pharmacist was there trying to do was, was getting the med safety to the patient. But there's other ways of doing that. There's, there's collaborative ways that we can do, collaborating with our pharmacy technicians, taking advantage of their scope, getting a better understanding of their role, and, and not even the technicians, even the nursing staff. So, so it's kind of a collaborative environment that we work in. So the hospitals in Ontario, we've done a fabulous job of doing that, you know, placing that demarcation in that role, understanding that together we are able to make the system safer. The community had its challenges, but there's, like you said, Jessica, there's some independents that are taking massive opportunity, taking massive, massive advantage of this opportunity to make it happen, but the same principles apply. Right? Pharmacists need to be on board as well, and the technicians need to be on board as well to help each other make a push for these expansion of scope for the, the betterment of not just the pharmacist or the technician, but the pharmacy profession as a whole. Yeah, and great insights there on it's really, um, you know, maybe it's those pharmacists that have been working in this environment for so long, they, they're kind of stuck within their own borders, right? And and how do, we, how do we knock down those walls to get them to see the bigger picture and to think differently about the individuals you know, around them? And what an amazing job that you guys have done up there. And, and one day we'll, we'll hopefully get there as well. Lori, any, any comments on your side? I would say from my perspective, um, from a technician's point of view, I would say never turn down an opportunity there's been many that have been presented to me, and I think uh, just continuing to challenge yourself and, and see the opportunities to really um, drive home the, 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 the difference you can make with the, the patient and in your community, uh, never turn down an opportunity. That's fantastic. That, Lori, Lori never turns down an opportunity. Every time we have something new to try out, she's always ready. Uh, be it working with the pharmacy staff, the patients, or the nursing staff. Uh, the, the other thing that I just want to briefly touch upon is, you know, the role of the laws and the regulations. They're there as enablers, but at the end of the day, we as professionals, we have a responsibility to push the boundaries, work to scope, not just within our scope, but push on those boundaries to not only take advantage of the laws and regulations that we currently have, but also push on them to further extend them as we move forward as our professions transition um, as we look on to taking more and more responsibility for our patients. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the true mark of a, a professional is to, as you said, practice at the very top of their, their license and use their professional judgment. And, and part of that, too, is having the delegatory authority to give tasks to their pharmacy technicians that they work with side by side every day and they know what their skill set is they know what their training is they know what their capabilities are um, and you know if a pharmacist can trust their technicians to do certain tasks then that should be within their professional judgment so 
Well, we really appreciate the time, guys. Um, really appreciate the, uh, the insight into what uh, is going on north of our border. Um, to our listeners, don't forget, we love to get your emails. Our email is onscript at nhanow.com. Uh, let us know what you would like to see happen where you're practicing. What expansion in terms of scope of practice are you seeing? Would you like to see? What makes sense? We'd love to hear from you. Um, as always, we encourage anybody listening to subscribe. You can subscribe through Apple Podcasts for OnScript, powered by NHA, or you can visit our blog at www.nhanow.com forward slash learning dash leading. All of our podcast episodes are up there. Um, Lori, Alam, thank you again so much. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to OnScript, where we cast a spotlight on pharmacy technicians, the services they provide, and to the patients they serve. So, for all the spatula warriors, TPN ninjas, and lieges of levigation, this podcast is for you. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or go to pharmacypodcast.com.